0: We coach people to find something they love and love what you do and love the people you do it with. Make sure to take good care of them because they're the ones that facilitate your progress. But at this point, I feel it's really a time for positive messaging. So uh, I'm just trying to put out as many positive messages and as many helpful um, hints to people as to how they can better their lives.
1: Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in, for being a part of our True Formed Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. Bye.
0: This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Taddea.
1: Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. We have Gene here with us on another edition. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Gene. Thanks. Great to be here. It's our pleasure, super excited to jump in here and talk about all the wonderful things that we have to talk about. Gene, take a moment here to tell us about who you are and what you do.
0: Well, I've been a game show host for the last 30 years, but over that course of time, I was collecting my inner thoughts and putting them in a briefcase and eventually put them all together to publish a book called Younger and Wiser. So at this point, I feel more like a writer than a game show host. I've also been a producer, a TV sportscaster, and a number of other things, including fire eating and juggling as part of my uh, show that I used to do back in the 1980s. That's awesome.
1: All right. So tell us what, what got you
0: into what was it
1: first, radio or TV? Usually radio goes first, right?
0: Yes, it was. I started out as a radio talk show host, um, actually doing a blues music show with talk and interview i started emceeing concerts and through the connections i made emceeing concerts i actually started producing small concerts and met an international vaudeville show which uh, hired me as their business manager took me to europe and uh, while i was there because i had nothing else to do i was done promoting the tour uh, they went out and did street theater and they taught me how to juggle so i could be part of the Street theater troupe. And little by little, they taught me all these skills, including fire eating. And I became an entertainer myself and ended up on the road as a solo act.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's so interesting. Okay, so tell me the next step. What was after that phase of your life?
0: Well, as an entertainer, I started out really just wanting to get people to smile and laugh a little bit. Then I wanted them to really laugh. And then I started saying, you know, I want them to think as well. And that's why I. Kind of transitioned into being a game show host, which in the middle of that, I became president of the International Jugglers Association and also uh, was a Guinness World Judge. And then became associate editor of the book, which was a part-time job. So I could be an entertainer and also be a Guinness judge. And one of my clients for entertaining saw that I was working for Guinness and asked me if I could do a game show for them. So I put it together and it was a big success. And all of a sudden, people were calling me to do game shows. And when I would do my game shows, sometimes the audience would be stumped. And I would say, well, and I would start to tell them the answer. And people would yell out, wait, wait, don't tell us, give us a hint. So I started giving them hints. And that's why the name of my game show became the Give Me a Hint Trivia Game Show.
1: (laughs) I got to tell you, I've been doing the show for about 10 years, and I don't know if I've spoken to anyone as interesting as you are. (laughs) Well, thank you. So, okay, I'm excited. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. I know we're going to talk about your book here. Tell me about the next step before we get
0: into the meat and potatoes here. Well, the interesting thing is that every step along the way, I started to integrate the different things that I did to try and have a more holistic approach so the give me a hint trivia game show i noticed people got smarter as my show each show would go on so people that seemed half asleep at the beginning by the end would be fully alert and spewing out answers that they didn't even know they had in their minds so it made me realize that i could actually stimulate brain activity by doing this game show the combination of questions and the hints made people use their brains in multiple ways. So I started teaching workshops based on that principle. And I developed a program called Triviation, which was workshop seminars for breakthrough thinking using the game show format. So is that what stemmed for for your book? Um, Well, the book was always... I had this inner world that I was always working on, a spiritual journey that seemed to be following me, but I never really expressed that it wasn't really appropriate to bring into the performing aspect of my career, because I knew just what people wanted when I did a show. They wanted me to come out and do a game show. So I didn't really tell them all the deep thoughts that I had. So I was collecting them throughout the years. That's where the book comes in, and it really became an inner scream about three, four years ago that i just had to get these things out so i started putting them into my computer organizing them and trying to prepare them to see if i actually had what could become a book so
1: at what point did you realize that you're like wow i have enough stories or interesting topics that i could actually put this into a book
0: well the turning point was there's a piece in my book called father's day on christmas which is about my father died suddenly over in the middle of the night when I was 22 years old, and that really is something that reshaped my life at that time, but I never really fully dealt with it, though I did write a few pieces on it, and this Father's Day on Christmas, I wrote when I was in an airplane on tour, actually going to Wisconsin, and I was sitting on the airplane chatting with the person next to me when all of a sudden I just got the urge to go to the back of the plane, and I... St- asked the stewardess for some paper and I started writing this father's day on christmas well what happened was i was sitting in my backyard at home recently and i thought of that poem and then i recalled that day and the really incredible experience i ended up in tears on the plane the stewardess came said what's wrong with you and i said really these are tears of joy it was such a relief to write this poem about my father and so i remembered that and then i started writing what I called the backstory for that piece. And all of a sudden, I started writing backstories for everything I had ever written. And that was what made this the book that is now is. So the turning point was realization that I could write backstories for everything I'd written, and that would fully express the feelings and the ideas that I had at the time. So every piece in my book has a backstory in it.
1: So why do you think it's important, or why did you feel like that backstory was as important as the original write-up?
0: Well, it gave me an opportunity to fully express what was going on. For instance, there's a piece on meditation, which talks about the first time I ever meditated in my life, which was on a cliff in Hawaii, um, all by myself with the waves breaking below. And something just told me to stand there, and I started meditating. And I realized that was the first time I ever did it. Well, in so doing... In the backstory, I was able to actually do a whole educational piece on meditation and provide a meditation for the readers. So it really expanded the reach of the book.
1: Tell us about tell us about the book. Give us a quick overview. What, what, is, what is the book specifically? Give us the name of it and what's it about?
0: Well, it's called Younger and Wiser, and the subtitle is Peaceful Words for a Troubled World. So it was particularly oriented towards the pandemic world that we deal with now. And at the very end of the book, I put in a link to a seminar that I teach called the nine pillars of creativity, which is the nine key characteristics people can use to develop creativity in their life. And I separate practical creativity from artistic creativity because a lot of people say, well, I'm not creative. The truth is everybody has the potential to be creative if they just nurture these nine characteristics. Tell us the difference between the two, Uh, the difference between the two practical and artistic. And yes, well, artistic creativity would be, say, you're going to create a work of art. You're going to create a piece of music. You're going to do an incredible sports accomplishment, things like that, which require tons of skill, practice, years of dedicated service. So that could become your career. And these pillars really help you in that, too. But these pillars are also geared for just everyday life. So that's practical creativity. That's everyday life problem solving, facing challenges, dealing with relationships, all the things that everybody faces every day.
1: And then artistic is just being a natural artistic individual, drawing, coloring.
0: That would be taking the, the nine pillars and applying them to the skill or art form that you're in. So that would be say, dedicating your life to being a pianist. But at the same time, you would use these nine pillars to become a more creative artist as well. Where did you come up with the nine pillars? Basically, what I did was I completely reverse engineered my life. I was sitting around one day and I said, well, how did I get to all these really interesting career moves and and opportunities? And I started thinking about, well, there were certain aspects of my personality that just really helped me to get to them. And I broke them down, and originally I had 10 pillars, and then I reduced it to nine because I combined two things into one pillar. So I came up with nine pillars. And if you'd like, I'll go into more detail on that, or we can discuss something else.
1: I'd love to hear. I'm sure our audience is wondering what these nine pillars are.
0: Okay. Well, most fundamental and the first pillar is freedom. And that means freedom to think and freedom to think freely, not to have others impose their thoughts on you. So I go into what people can do to create greater freedom of thought in their own mind. And one of the big aspects of that, and that's the combination of the 10th pillar into that, is non-judgment. So many times people put judgments on things before they fully explore them. So that stops them right cold in their tracks from moving into a more creative mindset. So getting rid of judgment so you can actually have freedom of thought is the first step. The second step is openness, which I think is really a big one. That means openness to new ideas, openness to change, willingness to listen to other ideas, and that opens the window to opportunity. And then, so is opportunity the next one? (laughs) Well, opportunity would be within the openness. The next one's flexibility, because you have to be flexible. Yeah, You know, openness and flexibility really go together. But flexibility of the body allows you to move, allows you to dance, allows you to express yourself physically, but also mentally. It allows you to, to start moving into new worlds, new ideas, and to develop them. So you're not rigid you know
1: what? i got this question for you and i think about sure. it often when we do when i do a show like this or maybe i we put together some other video or content and it seems like many times you're preaching to the choir like these are types of people that want to know like some of our audience have been listening for years so they they kind of know they have an open mind and then they're here and they come and they're flexible and they believe in this kind of stuff what if you would like someone that doesn't have an open mind, someone that isn't 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 at the level we're at, maybe. And I'm not saying that we're any better or any worse. I'm just saying that how do we reach those types of individuals that aren't exactly ready to hear what we want, to, what we want them to hear?
0: Well, that goes to openness, obviously. If somebody's totally closed, you can't get out a hammer and hit them over the head. So not everybody will adapt these things but if somebody is in their life and they're saying you know I'm not really happy with the way things are so maybe they'll be more willing to try something to take some kind of a move in out of their comfort zone to accept change so all you can do is present these things and when I go into greater detail in the nine pillars there are exercises that someone could at least try but you know you have to get them to the point where they will try so not everybody is going to do this but if somebody is interested enough to read the nine pillars i would say they're probably at the point where they would be willing to try something just to see if it feels better and i'll pause after each uh, pillar just in case you have a question sure
1: yeah i couldn't agree more we just talked about how you can't change people's minds like that's people's people have to be ready they have to be open like you're talking about here to make a change in their life yeah and
0: i think our job is to just provide those windows for people to open. And if they'll join us, great. And if they're not, you say, well, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Because, you know, if things keep getting worse for a person, they'll be more apt to look around for something to help them. I mean, if you're drowning in the ocean, you will look around for a life preserver. Tell me the next pillar, Gene. Well, the next pillar is passion. And I did debate between whether to make that three or four, but I thought, Freedom, openness, and flexibility all were so closely related that I would make them the three foundation pillars. But passion is so important because you have to have some drive. And and when you talk about, well, what if people aren't interested in these things or won't accept them? Well, if you're passionate about moving forward in your life, then you may be more apt to go back and start to explore the first three. And passion comes with some criteria because you need to monitor passion you need to have focus you need to have discipline and perseverance and i put practice in there if you're dealing with a skill so is this practice your passion like when
1: we are naturally passionate about a given topic or subject is it easier for
0: us to go and practice what we're after yeah and that's why i say you put the the other criteria on it because wild passion can actually get out of control what's the next pillar okay well now you're moving into more mind stuff and the next one's curiosity which is an endless thirst for knowledge and to, to acquire more tools and resources along the way. So curiosity is really important. And in there, I actually have an auto brainstorm exercise where people can actually make like they're the head of a board of directors and bring in iconic people into their boardroom to ask for advice. Give me one person that you would bring in. (laughs) <laughs> well Leonardo da Vinci is always my favorite awesome you didn't even did you get that question often you didn't even have to think about it <laughs> well I don't have to because have Leonardo's been my guiding light for 30 years and why is that just because he he's such a renaissance man who was always endlessly curious and he said I never uh, get tired of being useful which is something that I I really ascribe to and also he was once sitting on a hill he had been hired to do this star work in a church and uh, he sat on the hill for a couple of weeks just eating lunch, drinking wine, staring at the church and the uh, minister of the church, the friar, couldn't take it anymore watching him not work <laughs> so he went up there and confronted Leonardo and he said, Leonardo you're not working, we're paying you, what's going on? And Leonardo said I am working, he said I'm contemplating what I will do for you <laughs> That's awesome, I love those stories <laughs> So his his thing was that so much of the work you do is the preparation and the mental preparation that you do for it.
1: And I like this, tip. This is one of my favorites so far, the curiosity. I think we could get so much out of life if we, I am like I told you before I'm a questions person by nature, but I think we if we can always learn, if we ask questions, if we're open, if we're curious, there's so much in this world, that I don't know how we could possibly learn all of it in one lifetime.
0: <laughs> That's right. And part of my curiosity pillar the in the long form is the art of the question, which is a whole workshop that I teach on how to ask better questions to get the answer you need. So you really have to know how to ask the right questions to move you forward in the way you want to go.
1: Why do you think people don't ask questions? I feel like there's
0: some fear around, a fear around asking. Sure. Well, fear is uh, definitely a, a restrictor and that I have, I address fear in the openness pillar because fear, yeah, fear is probably one of the greatest restrictions on people moving into creative activities the next one is something i call vocabulary and you know i toyed with what to call it but vocabulary is because in language the real expander for a writer is having a greater vocabulary and i'm always working on my vocabulary to find new words to express thoughts to give better word pictures so people can follow what i'm trying to say and understand the feeling behind it but vocabulary is really your your lexicon of resources and uh, gathering all the resources you can to make the creative push into action.
1: You said that, how do you, that you
0: work on your vocabulary. How do you do that? Well, I'm always using the online thesaurus, actually, in everything I write, because sometimes I'll, I'll see I wrote a piece where I use the same word twice in a piece to describe a feeling. And I don't want to use that word repetitiously. So I'll look for new words to describe the same feeling and I find it very helpful. So I'm always expanding my vocabulary. And that goes back to seventh grade English, where my English teacher gave us a vocabulary book, and we had to learn a new word every day. That was the beginning of my my vocabulary expansion.
1: I remember we had to do that. You had to learn, you had to find a word, you had to learn how to spell it, and then a definition. (laughs) Exactly. Do you have a new favorite word?
0: Not really. I mean, There's so many great words in the English language, and language is such a great expander of your mind as well because you're bringing in new brain cells and all kinds of things are happening every time you learn something new. What's the next pillar we got? Okay, well, the next pillar is peripheral vision, and this is a real important one um, in the action phase because peripheral vision is the ability to see the world in a broader scope. I call it to see the world in 360 degrees. If you're on a basketball court, it's called court vision. Um, You know, football, it's called football IQ. So in every phase of life, peripheral vision is really important just to have a better view of all the opportunities that are presented to you because a lot of times people miss those opportunities. I'll give you a little example from my own career. Um, I was once hired to produce a Hollywood event, and in so doing, we needed to bring in the big makeup mirrors and have makeup artists to make up all the people at the event. They wanted to become, say, glamour stars. So I tried to find really nice makeup mirrors with the bulbs in them, and nobody had them in New York. I was quite surprised. So I ended up having to fabricate them with my own crew. So we built three beautiful lit makeup mirrors, and we used them for that one event, put them in our storage space. And for a year, they were always sitting there in the way every time we needed other equipment and one day i was going to throw them out and i said maybe i should sleep on it so i slept on it and the next day i said to myself why don't i call the other rental companies that i called that didn't have good mirrors and offer them my mirrors well within a week I had a rental already. And then I had three rentals. And then someone wanted six mirrors. And then someone wanted 12 mirrors. And pretty soon, we had a whole mirror division of my business. And then we were doing three-way mirrors. And we were doing large events and movie shoots. And they wanted director's chairs and tables and background pipe and drape. And so it became a rather large part of my business, which I ended up doing major events like the 50th anniversary of Sports Illustrated, the Grammys and uh, major movies and working for movie stars in private hotel rooms and became a very interesting side business for my production company. But it all came from the peripheral vision, the flexibility, the openness to a new idea.
1: And you could have threw it away the day before.
0: I I was inches away from just tossing it to make room for more other equipment. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think most people would call working for stars or big organizations like Sports Illustrated their full-time gig. What was your what was more important or what was
0: bigger in your life than that? Well, I was still doing the game shows and producing other events. We used to do major events like create uh, environments for different kinds of events say somebody had three thousand people coming to the new york hilton and they wanted it to look like new york new york so we would build central park we would bring in uh chinatown we would put up all kinds of things they could pick any area of new york and we would create it. that's awesome and do you and we but it, we did all kinds of things it could be the wild west it could be the future it could be the 50s um we did anything people wanted do you do any of that now still? I'm retired from that. That was a very demanding business, and now with the pandemic, nobody's allowed to produce those kind of events.
1: Is that one of the reasons why you're not, or were you retired before that?
0: No, I was already moving into the in the direction of trying to move into a more spiritual direction and really focus more on teaching workshops, writing my books, and uh, Coming out with all the creative ideas that I've had in my briefcase for the last thirty years.
1: So, if they're not able to do the backgrounds and scenes and stuff, is it is the background all digital f- now for movies or what's going well, on?
0: Well, say the backdrops. We used to do hand painted backdrops. Now they can do digital things. Um, a lot of meetings now with the pandemic are taking place online with Zoom calls and various other conferencing ways to video conference.
1: So, I think from my count, we have seven. Are we on our eighth? pillar
0: we are what do we got (laughs) okay well the eighth one i call faith and that brings in um, your ability to believe in what you're doing and uh, this is bringing in your heart because everything i've done and i believe all my success is owed to the fact that everything i did with all my heart and when you combine your heart and your mind in an activity um, your potential is so much greater than if you work with only one of the two but having your heart in your um, in your efforts will also entail greater patience, because if you believe in it, then you'll be more patient. You won't be discouraged by setbacks. So that is very important. So I put patience as a subdivision of faith.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think it's you see that today in so many things, people aren't really in it full tilt or they're not in it with two feet. They just kind of halfway in. or Sometimes people do things just for money. You see all these little businesses popping up and they don't last because I don't feel like people's heart is in it. They don't believe that this is what they're in it for the long haul. They want to make some quick money and get out.
0: Well, I never did anything for the money. I always believed if I did the right thing and did it with full immersion, that's the word I like to use is full immersion, that things would go well. And that's really the other part of faith is faith brings optimism and optimism brings effort. So all these things, what I, what I say about faith is it's one of those pillars that supports all the other pillars.
1: We got one more to go. What's the ninth pillar?
0: Yeah, so it's almost like a baseball game. We're in the ninth inning. <laughs> so here comes the closer. <laughs> um, collegiality, which really wraps around all the other pillars. Collegiality is the ability to work with others. For instance, writing my book. It wasn't just my effort. There was editors. There were designers. There's publicists. There's printers. There's all kinds of highly skilled people that you have to interface with to make a book come to fruition and to bring it to the public. So that's just one small example of an individual project that still needs people to work with. So collegiality and collaboration are really, really important. Now, collegiality depends on the other pillars, but it also brings them all together and helps you move ahead.
1: How would you improve or how do you hone this craft or skill? Well,
0: that's where the details come in. So each one of these pillars has all kinds of supporting information, exercises, and other things. So I can't go into all those details in a short show like this. But I will say that if you focus in your mind on those things, and, you know, of course, you could purchase my book and get the free link, download it. It's a 27-page PDF that also includes a way for you to rate yourself and that helps you figure out which pillars you need most work on.
1: Do you have a favorite pillar?
0: I love them all. But, you know, I have to say curiosity and passion have always been the key to my moving ahead. And that brought on vocabulary. And when I was as a game show host, vocabulary is everything. Vocabulary is all the information you have to stuff into your head. Because in my show, it was an it's an entertainment trivia show. So I don't work from a script. I don't have cue cards. I don't have prompters. I do it all from the top of my head. So all that information had to be on quick recall. And one of the, going back to vocabulary, memory and memory skills are a big part of vocabulary, because whatever you can recall from your own internal um, bank is really very helpful. And I think that people who don't know this should know everything you've ever heard, learned, any piece of information you've ever acquired, it's still in you. It's a matter of you being able to locate it.
1: Is there anywhere we could see? Do you, have, do you have any of those game shows recorded, or was it all live, behind the scenes kind of thing?
0: Well, it's all live, but on my website, gimmeahint.com, there is a short video of a show I did off-Broadway. So uh, they can get a, a quick view of that. And there's also on YouTube my appearance on the Martha Stewart show back uh, in 2009 when I did a – I customized – I had she had me write a piece of uh, trivia on presidential trivia so we did a whole segment on that
1: i'd like to check that out thank you sure so what's next for you we're going to wrap things up here but i'm interested to know what what you have planned in the future seems like you've done you've lived lifetimes here
0: (laughs) well it's been a great i've really had a lot of enjoyment out of my career so uh, i encourage people to find something they love and what i always say is love what you do and love the people you do it with. Make sure to take good care of them because they're the ones that facilitate your progress. But at this point, I feel it's really a time for positive messaging. So uh, I'm just trying to put out as many positive messages and as many helpful um, hints to people as to how they can better their lives. So I'm going to work on you know, talking about those elements of my book and the workshops I do. And also, I'm now working on a book of Wisdom phrases from the last twenty five hundred years. The book of free tell tell us give us a little sneak peek. Well, uh, you know, it's basically all the way back to five hundred BC. I've got my favorite wisdom quotes that I've been collecting over the years, kind of like I collected all these thoughts that are my original ones. And then on top of that, I've got about seventy pages of my own wisdom quotes. So I'm trying to integrate my wisdom quotes. With wisdom of the ages,
1: sounds interesting. Let me know when that comes out. I'm interested. I sure will. It's a it's a work in progress. <laughs> is there anything that we missed before we wrap things up here?
0: No, I think you really asked great questions, Drew. It's a pleasure talking with you. Um, anytime you have questions that I can answer, I'd be happy to come back.
1: Awesome, thank you. And tell us more details or where we can find your book, your website. How can we reach the you?
0: Website for the yeah the website for the book is Dream Quest publishing.com that's the name of the publishing company that put out my book Um, you can also get in touch with me through that website or by going to my game show website which is gimmeahint.com i'll spell that since it's the slang version g-i-m-m-e-a-h-i-n-t.com
1: awesome gene thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure all the best with your book and everything else you have going on in the future thanks for having me All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, You'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge, whatever it may be. We'd love to have you join us. We're also on Instagram.com slash Drew Again, we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story, all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track. Our main website is trueformlife.com. If you want to check out some of our products, some of our services, or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more. We got all that at trueformlife.com. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.